Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But if you're ready to level up your life and get results that truly matter in your health, business, mindset, and relationships, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Sheer Madness, where we have unscripted, real conversations with the world's top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches. Discover real world and tactical advice from the best in the business. Let's go. What up, everyone? Today with me on the Sheer Madness podcast, I have Johnny Quinn, U.S. Olympian bobsledder. He's also a past NFL football player, keynote speaker, leadership trainer, and author. You guys are going to get so much value out of today's episode as Johnny and I talk about what it means to be an ultra performer and the mindset behind it, why hardship and actually putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is a superpower for growth, and why it is so important to create a powerful morning routine with consistent habits. I love sports, and I knew I wanted to be a professional athlete of some sort growing up. And when I, you know, my mom wouldn't let me play football um, in like the Pee Wee League. So once I got to seventh grade and it was considered, you know, a sport in school that, you know, loosely with air quotes, uh, I started playing and I just fell in love with football. And so that, that was my path where I, I knew I always wanted to be a pro athlete, but football is where I wanted to kind of plant the flag. And so, um, you know, I had a very good high school career at McKinney High, had a very good career uh, football at the University of North Texas. And then uh, when I entered the NFL, Rachel, that's when it kind of got rocky. Um, And when I hit my first kind of, you know, um, big adversity, uh, rock, so to speak, is when I got to the National Football League. Yeah, I've heard uh, not for long is typically (laughs) in the NFL. I've had a, a couple other football players on my podcast. And They've actually had a very similar experience, but it's interesting going from the NFL and, you know, you coming from Texas. I mean, that's what you typically do in Texas. If you want to get into sports, that's the big thing here. Um, But how did you kind of transition from, you know, being an athlete, playing in the NFL to U.S. Olympia, bobsled, cold of cold? I mean, they're very, very different sports, I would say. Right, right. You know, it was funny when I went to the, so when I left college, I went to the Buffalo Bills, you know, cold. Then I went to the Green Bay Packers, cold. And then I spent a year in the Canadian Football League with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so cold. So I think from a climate change, you know, I started getting acclimated. But, you know, when I made the switch from Bob, from football to bobsled, what was interesting, Rachel, is, is um, I had no options. I, I you know, I, I was in the NFL and, and CFL, I, you know, I was cut three times. I blew out my knee. Um, so here I am, you know, I entered the NFL at 26, I'm sorry, at 22, but at age 26, three cuts, a blown out knee, I look like damaged goods, right, on paper. So um, when you don't have any options, <laughs> and, and the only thing I had that came on my plate was bobsled because they look for former football players with a track background. I ran track in college as well. And some interesting things started to line up, Rachel. My mom um, had a colleague who was a bobsledder back in the day at work. So that was, you know, interesting timing. And then my agent at the time, he represented a bobsledder in the 2002 Winter Olympics. And so uh, what was just so interesting is, you know, at that time, no options on the table. I had one opportunity 
in a extremely unique sport. Like you said, when you grow up in Texas, like, uh, you know, we don't get any snow, right? So never on your radar, you know, no, I just want to grow up and be a bobsledder. Like, right. Never. The only thing I knew about bobsled was cool runnings. And I think that's kind of everybody's like intro to the sport, which that movie did a great job of getting the the sport some pub, but that that's all, you know, that's typically all, you know, until you get in it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you talk a bit about playing in the NFL being cut after cut after cut and then kind of transitioning to the Canada football team and then kind of getting this opportunity to represent the United States of America in the Olympics. Talk to me a little bit about like your mindset throughout that whole process because I can imagine for anyone who feels like their purpose and mm. their ultimate goal in life is to play football. You know, this is what yeah. I do. I want to be in the NFL. This is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to, to be doing. And yeah. A lot of us have that thought process. You know, we have a certain goal or something we feel like we're supposed to be doing, but then it doesn't really work out the way we think it should work out. And we're, we're detoured from that. So talk to me a little bit about that mindset throughout that process and how you were able to stay, I guess, positive throughout it, or what were the things you also struggled with? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's so huge. The, the, the mindset path, I think, Looking back now, what I've realized is that, you know, you want to stay consistent and and almost plant your flag in in stone and foundation here on the vision. But what I've learned is that you've got to be flexible on the path that's going to get you there. Because for me, you're right, you know, when I got to the NFL and it did not go the way I anticipated, as a matter of fact, it was a train wreck. Um to not give up on that dream, but to understand that I can actually pivot and still use my skill set of strength and speed for another sport and perform at a high level, right? In, in the Olympic Games, the world's greatest stage athletically. So although, you know, the long-term vision was still there, the path happened to be different. And, and I think here's what's crucial is, is you're right. Nobody, you know, when they set out with, with a big goal, a big dream, naturally, um, you know, you want to think, okay, I'm going to run into adversity, but I'm going to overcome it and I'm going to get there. Real life tells us, Rachel, and, and, and you know this, is when adversity hits, you're going to have a couple options. And so what if that option takes you down a different path? What we've got to think about, we've got to ask ourselves is, are we open to that? Right? Are, are we available to that? I mean, I can't tell you the um, you know, how many invisible barriers I tried to put up in my life when I made the switch from, from football, which is what I knew, to Olympic sports in the winter, which I had no background at all. See, I, I could tell myself the story and the theme of, well, you know, I live in Texas. We don't get any snow. That's truthful. Um, I only play football. I don't bobsled. That's truthful. Or... I could realize, hey, this is an unexpected opportunity, and I'm going to capitalize on it. Is it different? Yes. Is it, um, you know, feeling a little bit weird right now? Yeah. But that long-term vision of becoming, you know, an elite athlete, a professional athlete was still there. I just had to take a different path. Yeah. And I think that's really important is that unexpected part of the journey. I think Mm. we always have it outlined with everyone, with our life as a to how it's supposed to happen. And when we're detoured or, you know, 
terrible things happen in our life. Like no one expected there to be a worldwide pandemic to hit all of us right. now that we're right. in. And there's always going to be those things. And we always think like, okay, we'll push through them. Like you said, then, you know, I'll just kind of continue along my path. But it, it's very, very different when you're actually in that midst of the situation. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, I guess, purpose, because, you know, this is a topic I think a lot of people struggle with. And oftentimes we tie our purpose with these things like football. My purpose is to play football. My purpose yeah. is job. My purpose is, you know, this relationship maybe, you know, everyone always is tying their purpose out side of us as well too so oftentimes when you don't get that job or or that relationship fails or you know you're no longer playing for the nfl and you're cut after cut after cut you know a lot of times people find themselves in a very very dark place because they feel like their purpose has been taken away from them and they're like Mm. well now what am i supposed to do so how do you how do you feel about purpose and how were you able to because it sounds to me like you transitioned very very well from what you're you're expressing to me into just these different avenues that you were brought down yeah yeah well to elaborate on that you when you're in the thick of it it was awful I mean when I got cut you know I remember getting cut I mean you you know I I was in tears you know I mean it's a train wreck I don't don't want to experience that anymore so um, now that I'm out of it I can kind of look back and I can see where the successes were but when you're in when you're in the middle of it and to the listeners here, maybe you've lost your job. There's 15 million people on unemployment. So the reality is somebody listening in has lost their job. Um, it, it hurts. And I, I want you to know that feeling that you have right now of uh, being extremely uncomfortable, that is normal. So, you know, where it gets a little dicey and uncomfortable is when you try to block that out and, you know, kind of bury your head in the sand like an ostrich. Um, that's when it comes back out and explodes and, and you destroy everything in your path. So wherever you're at right now with this pandemic and, and, you know, it's affecting everybody. If you're in that camp that has lost a job or your, your pay has gone down, um, to, to, to be uncomfortable right now, that is normal. So let, let's accept that and, and, and understand that, but we're not going to let that control our decisions and our thought making process. So, you know, I'm reading a book, uh, by um, a guy by the name of Stephen Covey. He wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. And there's this other book that, that he wrote, and he's talking about, you know, our maps and our, our maps in life. And, and you're right, a lot of people put, um, you know, all their eggs in a basket on their career or on a relationship or, you know, whatever it might be. For me, it was football. Um, that's where I put everything. My identity was tied to football. And so when that got taken away, um, it, it's almost like you lose yourself. Not only do you lose your contract and your dream, I mean, you, you lose yourself. And I thought Stephen Covey made an excellent point when he talked about these maps. And it goes a little bit like this, Rachel. If, um, let's say you're getting to, you, you want to go to like a central point in, in downtown Chicago. And so a natural inclination would be, let's print off a map of downtown Chicago so I know where to walk and where to get where I'm trying to go. But if during the printing process, for whatever reason, there's an error in the printing process and you actually get a map of downtown Detroit, um, it's going to be extremely frustrating you trying to get to this central location in downtown Chicago because you have the right map. And so my thoughts on that were if, if all you're focused on is your career or a particular relationship or whatever it may be, can I just ask you to, to – 
stop and pause a little bit and, and maybe consider, well, those things, I'm not saying those things are important because they are, but you might have the wrong map you're operating in. And, and although, um, you know, you're working on improving your attitude and, and you're working on daily disciplines, which I'm a big fan of, and I'm a very disciplined person, but if you have the wrong map, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you, you're going to lose that purpose. And so I think it's, it's this time, the pandemic that we're in right now, Rachel, I think it's given us all the ability to stop and, and, and ask the question. Um, what, what path am I on, right? What, what map, you know, am I reading? Because prior to the pandemic, Rachel, and I, I'm, you know, I, I see out in the community on social media, I mean, you're a mover and shaker. And, and I, so I would imagine you get this from a lot of people and you ask them, Hey, how you doing? Cause here's what I would get. Oh, you know, I'm just super busy right now. Things are crazy. I'm just super busy. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Not until the pandemic. <laughs> now everybody, right now, everybody has time. So let's take this time, Rachel, to pause and evaluate what, what maps are we following? Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think when going back to the topic of purpose and value, I think a good question to also ask is what things outside of me am I tying my value into my, and my purpose to? Because ultimately when those things are taken away from you, for example, people losing their jobs, you know, which, you know, is going to be hard. Like yeah. I'm not saying it, it's not going to be difficult, but when that's where your value is, which a lot of people, their purpose is tied to their job, those relationships, when those are taken away, they lose their value. So I think ultimately your purpose for those listening comes from within. It comes from who you are ultimately and the avenue is always going to change. So for yeah. you, your purpose, you know, has always been, you know, whether it be athleticism, whether it be, you know, helping other people, whether it be, you know, just this growth, like mindset, whatever that is to you ultimately, but the avenue over time has changed. So, you know, that is one thing I want to reiterate for the listeners is you can have a purpose, but ultimately your purpose is always within you. You can't lose your purpose. So if it's something that you lose, it wasn't your purpose. You can't yeah. lose your purpose. You can't use, lose that value. But the avenue at which you will deliver that purpose will always change as well, too. Maybe it's going to be in the form of football. Then it's going to evolve into something else. And, you know, right now you're, you're a speaker. You're an author. And over time, it may be a completely different avenue. But ultimately, right. that purpose is always going to be the same. So, you know, using this time right now to take a minute to reflect on, you know, what is my purpose? And, you know, I think a good way to look at that is kind of thinking back, what are your strengths? What are people, what do they tell you about you as a character? Maybe it's when you allow people to feel, you know, amazing when you walk in the room, you just radiate this energy and you make everybody feel good about themselves. And, you know, and I, I heard this story one time about this girl who, you know, every time she walked in the room, just she made everyone feel welcome and loved and, you know, then she sat down and she's like, you know, I just don't really know what my purpose is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, you don't think that was purpose, like what you're doing there and the avenues will always change. So I yeah. think, you know, I love that, that that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like, you know, I look back at my football career, I was, I was holding everything like a tight fist. Yeah. 
And when that got taken away, it was so hard to pry that away. And, and so what I've learned is, you know, going from football to bobsled to speaking, right, to writing a book, to having a family, is what, what if we approached it where we, we, we have an open hand? And, and maybe we need to shift to the other hand, right? Where we're not in just this, this tight fist mode where, um, you know, you just become a bulldozer. And, and, and what's interesting, Rachel, is I look back on my football career, that was me. Right? Because that's all I knew at the time. And so now as I've gotten older and I kind of look back and see how my career's unfolded and pivoted and is, is I, I realized, and I don't think I, you know, I necessarily at the time did it out of intentionality now that I've seen it and now I, I try to be intentional, is going from football to bobsled, I just o- kind of opened my hand and say, okay, well, what's next? Yeah, and I think we often need to realize, which is very difficult at the time, is there is purpose in a lot of these struggles and pain. I think a lot of people who have lost their job right now, it's going to give them a way to reevaluate, maybe start on that business venture, entrepreneurship that they maybe wouldn't have had the push to do in another way for you, you know, to navigate, to go a different direction. So there's always purpose and it's hard to see that in the moment. But I'm a true believer that it is your failures that ultimately lead to your success. I've never met or had someone on my podcast or been to a speaking event who's someone who got up on stage and was like, you know what, I just did this, 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 and it got me to where all my full-blown success today be like boring. You know, I don't want to hear that. I want to relate to someone who's lost it all, who's struggled, who's had to overcome because those are the people who are truly going to be successful. So these times are actually very, very important. I know it's, it's very difficult for people going through hard times to really sit back and, you know, be present with it. And we want to rush through it, but do know that this isn't going to last forever. But this is also a very purposeful time as well. And you talked about being uncomfortable. And I think being uncomfortable is actually a really, really good thing. You know, you you don't want to be comfortable all the time. That's mundane. You're staying normal. You're staying average. Nothing is changing when you're always comfortable. But when you're uncomfortable, that is where your growth is going to take place. So right now, a lot of people are very uncomfortable with their circumstances without having a job, you know, um, for me, you know, public speaking, I'm an introvert. It's been very, very uncomfortable for me, but it's allowed me to step into a much greater version of myself and to overcome and to live my purpose in different avenues, which is ultimately helping people through mindset, through their health, through wellness. And, you know, so I think being uncomfortable is actually a very positive thing. It is. It, it's, um, you know, the, 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 the freshest fruit, the best fruit is out on the limb. It's not close to the tree. And when you get in this comfortable stage, it's, it's you know, you're hugging the tree. Listen, um, we want to take calculated risks. And, and, and the, the best fruit is truly out there on the limb. And so uh, the reality is, and I think deep down we all know this. It's just we don't internally like being uncomfortable. But we know that you grow through tough times. And you realize that when you look back that, okay, hey, that actually molded me and prepared me for this opportunity. But you're right. When you're in the, in the thick of it, it's, it's being able to kind of pause and step back and say, okay, this is uncomfortable. This is unfortunate. I don't like it. There's pain. There's frustration. There's hurt. But see, th- th- this is where ultra performers, men and women, they, 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 they draw this. They, they, can, they add on to the sentence. They, they say, but I'm going to find a way to make an opportunity here. 
I'm going to find a way to pivot, but I'm going to find a way for whatever. And the great news about that, Rachel, to all the listeners here is you, you get to make that choice. You, you get to add but to your sentence, but I'm going to do this. And that's some great news. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the thought process of an ultra performer, because I know that is a topic you touch on quite a yeah. bit with your speaking and yeah. thinking like an Olympian, that high elite, you know, go get them kind of mindset. You know, that's what yeah. I think a lot of the people listening in on are in that area. You know, they, they want to achieve more, do more and be more ultimately. And they want to cultivate that mindset. And oftentimes we think of it as, you know, just daily actions, which come from obviously our thought process, but it ultimately everything we have, everything you have, you've created in your mind. You know, it's all things that you were capable of, of cultivating, of manifesting, and then putting it into action every single day. So talk to me a little bit about like what you believe it means to be an ultra performer or like think like an Olympian person. Yeah. 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 You know, ultra performers, if I could sum that up, they find a way to get the job done with the current resources available. Um, men and women, let's talk about that. What does that look like in business? So that would be somebody who, um, if they're, they're asking for a certain budget or they're asking for certain team help, whether they get the budget or not, whether they get the team help or not, they find a way to get the job done with the resources available. And the, the more I meet ultra performers, uh, and, and you can just tell, right? When you have conversations with them, they're just built differently. And, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe you're born with this trait. I, I don't think you are. I think this is something that you can cultivate. May it potentially come easier for some people? Sure, I don't know, I guess. But the hope here is that you, the listener, wherever you are in your season of life, you can become an ultra performer for your family, for your, your place of employment, whatever you do, um, and, and for your community. And when you realize that and you unleash that, right, and understand that the, what you consume actually matters, mm -hmm. um, you, you start to you know, protect your mindset. You start to, what I like to call, think like an Olympian is operate at this level of performance um, across the board. And so, Rachel, I know, you know, you heard a little bit of my presentation when I spoke at the Titans table. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a huge advocate, huge, on what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Because what you put in is what's coming out. It's, it's a universal law of life where seed time, progression time, harvest time, if you plant corn, you're not going to get green beans, right? You, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. It's the law of sowing and reaping. So if that's the case for ultra performers, then I have to control and I have to protect the content I'm consuming. And Rachel, I think now, 2020, with the power of technology, this is the battle because it's so easy to consume. And, and I got to make sure I say the statement correctly. It's so easy to consume entertainment, and, and I'm a fan of entertainment. But it's so easy to go overboard with that 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 can just drain you. So we've got to put these healthy diagnostics in. You know, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's not something we really realize. Like when you watch the news 24 seven and a lot of that negative my negative 
news is going into your mind. I mean, that's going to affect it, your thinking ultimately mm. 100%. So personally, I will say like, I am very intentional about the things I consume every single day. You know, the podcasts that I listen to, um, the books that I'm reading, the, the people I'm also surrounding myself with, I think environment yeah. is huge. And I think that's very important to ultra performers. If you surround yourself around a lot of other people who are consuming negative things that are going out partying all the time that, you know, um, you know, aren't really taking care of themselves, maybe don't really have a whole lot of goals. It's very easy to fall into that as well too. And, but when you're surrounding yourself around people who are also ultra performers, who want to do more, who want to be there for their family that, you know, are really invested in their job and career and their health. Ultimately, I think though that really is what defines an ultra performer. You know, they're very intentional, like you said, about the things that they're consuming, their environment, yeah. people that they're hanging around as well too. Um, kind of like let's, let's you, you said something I think so valuable for the listeners because I've had this question come up is okay, you know I think we would all agree the news um, capitalizes on negative negativity because that's what sells. So I've had people say, well, okay, so should I just not watch the news at all then? And, and here's what I would say to our listeners that maybe, maybe you're battling that because right now the news outlets, their, viewing, their viewership has just gone out of the roof. Everybody's at home, the pandemic. So Rachel, I, I think we need to unpack this in that, listen, watch the news to get informed, but the minute it, it, it flips to you being consumed, that you have to have every breaking update, that, that you, you've got to be the first to... It's taking you from being informed to consumed, then, then you, you, you've, um, you, you've missed it. And so I think that's a good healthy diagnostic for our listeners here is, look, you can still watch the news, but let's watch it to be informed and not get consumed in the cycle. And so if you realize that, I think that's just a good healthy diagnostic that you can kind of pump the brakes and say, okay, wait a second, I got the news on a little bit too, too much right now because it's kind of consuming me. So I think that's just a great point for our listeners right now, since everybody's kind of tuned in. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. So, you know, kind of going back to the ultra performer mindset, what are some things you do on a daily basis that help you stay mentally sharp, just like on top of your game every single day? I know you've talked a bit about when I heard you speak time management, I heard you speak about your morning routine, which I think both of those are really, really important. So what are just some tips that you can give the listeners that are just, yeah. that maybe they can try to implement in their routine, but that, that just help you be on top of what it is that you're trying to accomplish every single day? Yeah, great question. I, um, I'm a huge into routines and, and I got this concept from a guy by the name of Darren Hardy. He wrote a book called The Compound Effect and he talked about the bookends. You've got your morning bookend and, and your evening bookend um, that you can actually control. What you do right when you get up and what you do right before you go to bed, you, you have full control over. Now, what happens during the, the day of you know, business or, or with family, I mean, that could just go crazy, right? You know, you get pulled in all these directions. But if you can be intentional with your bookends, you can help control, you know, setting the tone for the next day or, or setting the tone for the day. So you're right. I've got a morning routine. If, if any of the listeners want to go check that out, it's on my website, johnnyquinnusa.com slash my morning. And that'll give you a peek inside of my morning routine. Because what I'm looking to do, and I learned this in sports, is I'm trying to set the tone. Right in football, when you go out and you do pregame before the game starts, you're going over plays that you're going to run, and you're mimicking routes. I played wide receiver that you're going to run to set the tone for the game. Rachel, I do the same thing in life. 
I want to set the tone for the day. So, you know, I've got a morning routine. The other thing I try to do is my goal is I want to read one chapter of long form reading a day. So essentially what I'm saying is one chapter and a book a day. That's my goal. Most books are about 12 chapters long, you know, in the self-help space, nonfiction space. So if I do that, I can typically get easily two books in a month. That's 24 books in a year. I've been doing that since 2011. And Rachel, that has been a game changer for me. And so let me, let me unpack this for our listeners here, because some, here's what's going to happen. Some people are going to say, okay, you know, I'm going to do every morning at 530 in the morning. Listen, (laughs) that's a great goal. You need to have a daily morning routine. But if you haven't established one yet, or or you haven't become a reader, you want to get into reading, maybe it's, let's take off easy chunks. Maybe it's having a morning routine Monday, Wednesday, Friday for now. And and let's see you get that in consistently. Or maybe it's, I'm not going to read one chapter. I'm going to read five pages. That might take me four days to get a whole chapter. Who cares? It's about building consistent habits. That's what ultra performers do, and they do it every single day. You know, I can reiterate more the importance of having a morning routine. I yeah. think it's definitely a keystone habit and it's going to set the trajectory for the rest of your day. You know, before I kind of got started on my entrepreneurial journey, I was the typical person. I'm like, I'm not a morning person by any means. <laughs> I'd wake up every single day. I'd feel rushed to get ready to go to work. You know, and I was working a typical, you know, clock in, clock out type work. And it was so mundane, but I would, I would be stressed. My mindset would just be off for the entire day. I'd be in a bad mood and I'd always wonder why, you know, why am I in such a bad mood all the time and have all this anxiety and all these things within me. And it was really when I decided to take that morning routine and have that structure. And now my morning routine has, has definitely evolved over time and has not the same by any means depends on kind of what chapter I am I am in during my life and I think right now even during COVID it's very important to stick with the morning routine I think you know when we're going to work every single day we have that routine so we're waking up at a certain time where right now a lot of people can you know we have a little bit more leeway with the things that we're doing with the times that we have on our hands so I think staying as consistent as possible right now is very, very important. And it's perfectly fine to modify your routine as well. And I certainly have, um, you know, things I always try to do is, um, you know, one is going to be something mental for me, whether that be journaling, whether that be writing in a book or reading a book, kind of like what you talked about. You know, for me, I've actually recently got into meditation and that's been huge, huge for me. Um, But all of those are going to be mental, going to just kind of shape my mindset, kind of help me set the trajectory for the rest of my day, you know, with the thoughts that I want to be putting into my head, where most people, what is the first thing we do? And I've been guilty of this is we check our phone, social media, the news, whatever it may be, emails as well too. And we allow that outside influence to pour into us. So maybe you get a bad, you know, not the best email or you see something on social media, you see that ex with with his new girlfriend or whatever it may be, or the news, you know, you are reading all, you know, the deaths with the COVID kind of happening right now. That's, if you don't think that's going to affect you for the rest of your day, your productivity, your energy levels, It certainly is. So I think immediately what you consume in your mind first thing in the morning 
is going to be the most important. And then the other thing I always try to advocate is the mind and then the health. So what are you doing for your health? If you can get in a workout, do some movements, go for a walk, I think that's really, really important. If you don't have time to do that, you know, maybe it's just focusing on what you're eating for breakfast, what you're yeah. putting in your body every single day. So mind and body, you know, those are two going to be the most important things, which I think are going to set their trajectory for the rest of your day. And like, like Johnny said, you can go to his website, you can read what his morning routine is like. I'm definitely, I want to see and dive into that a little bit more. Um, Let's unpack the, I think that's so huge with the morning routine is, you know, for the listeners who maybe you haven't, you've struggled with the morning routine before, maybe this just might be new information for you. I think the biggest thing is, you want to look for consistency. And, and if you're, you know, look, I'm a type A extrovert. When I got into this, I'm like, I'm going to do 10 things in my morning routine. Look, I, I, I whittled it down to three. It's, it's about being consistent. Um, it, it's about being intentional. And I also want to talk to, you know, because I'll get this pushback on morning routines. Well, I'm, I'm more of a night owl. And, you know, listen, if, let's just say you're in that camp. You are truly a night owl. I don't know how you guys do it, but that's fine. You know, they're, they're out there, right? They, and they truly are. Then be intentional with your evening routine. But you, I don't want that to be an excuse for you because you've got to figure out, you know, like you said, Rachel, well, I, you know, I wasn't used to getting up in the morning, but now you've built that habit in. So you've overcome that. So is, there, is, that, is that a barrier you just need to overcome where you need to get up a little bit earlier? Or if you're truly a night owl and that's where you do your best creativity, because I do have some friends like that, I, we're not gonna, I'm not going to put this extra weight on you about that's not when you need to you know, do your routine, but I still need you to be intentional about it. And so you know, you, let's find a way that works for you, but let's keep it consistent. That's what matters. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And I think yeah. oftentimes when I hear people say, not saying everybody, but I hear yeah. I'm a night owl. I, <laughs> I can't relate. You know, I'm like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Usually for most people, it means I'm staying up late watching Netflix, you know, snacking. Exactly, up. exactly. I mean, I'm, if, if you're staying up late and you are reading books and you're journaling and yeah, writing, you know, yeah. writing, you're doing things like that, that's great. That's positive. Those are things that you would probably incorporate in your morning routine, which now you're just placing it yeah. in your morning routine. That's great. But I think oftentimes in those night owls, kind of what they're referring to is I like to stay up. I like, and I like to watch. Right, right, right. So if you want to, yeah, good. that's a great point, Rachel. So it's just being intentional for what you're putting yes. in mind, you know, and how this is going to help you progress. If that is your yes. an ultra performer, that is. Hey, you guys, you know, I'm all about goal setting physically, mentally, and for your health which is the sole reason why I created my Health is Wealth app. This is everything you need in one place to be successful on your health journey. You'll be able to track your nutrition, plan your morning and evening routines to make sure you're hitting your goals, but you can even take courses in areas such as gut health, hormones, brain health, weight loss, muscle growth, or even learn more about meditation. You guys, it is seriously badass. And as we know, accountability is one of the most important keys to reaching our goals. So it's also community-based. You'll be able to meet other people around the world who share similar goals, interests, and will keep you motivated along the way. If you want to learn more about my app, search health is wealth dash Rachel Share in the app store. 
talking about time management, because I, this was probably one of my biggest takeaways from when you came and spoke at the Titans table, because it is something that I struggle with. Um, I know it's things that most ultra performers do struggle with is because when you're traveling, whether you're so involved with your work or entrepreneurship or, you know, being an athlete, it's very difficult because most people are so passionate about that one thing that they're doing that oftentimes we neglect a lot of other things in our life too. So how are some ways that you time block and allow yourself to have somewhat of balance? Now, I don't think complete balance is always going to be realistic and we can strive for balance, but complete balance isn't always going to happen. There's times where we have to give and take a little bit with different areas in our life, but how are some ways you time block and manage your time? Yeah. Yeah. And I got this concept from a guy by the name of Michael Hyatt and he calls it the ideal work week. And, um, you know, I remember what I, what I showed you guys at the Titans table is, you know, each, each at the end of the weekends so on Sunday, you know, mornings or Sunday afternoons, um, I put together, uh, what, what the week is going to look like. And so I literally time block in an Excel spreadsheet. And, and once you get it set up and well, what I'll do, Rachel, I'll give you, um, a link that you can put in the show notes so people can go download, you know, the, the calendar that I use. But I literally map out the week and um, from when I'm going to be in the office, when family time kicks in, um, when I'm traveling. So one, that my wife and I are on the same page, but it helps, it helps keep me in alignment for when I do get a crazy phone call on a Monday at 11 a.m., or, you know, that the gig that I was um, bidding on, I lost to, and it's, it's so hard to read that email at 2.22 p.m., right, on a Tuesday, and it kind of gets my mind off track, well, what do I really need to be doing? And so I, I, I literally map out the week um, on Sunday, so it gives me just a good rhythm of where I need to be, and, and here's the thing about this, Rachel, um, I can confidently say that I've never achieved an ideal work week yet because that's not the goal the goal is to get me back on track so i don't waste the day right so so i know i'm and to talk to your thing about seasons of life you know there's some weeks that uh, my travel kicks in and you know i'm gone quite a bit but see if you're intentional with your week, see, I've built in that family time that if i need to take a deposit out there's money in the bank so to speak because we've deposited that time. So um, I, I also got this concept from Stephen Covey. I'm a big fan of his. He talks about putting the big rocks in first and then the little rocks. And so what are my big meetings for the week? Um, that helps with the calendar. And so I think for the listeners, we'll, we'll give you that link. I'm pretty sure it's johnnyquinusa.com slash calendar or my calendar. I'll find it and I'll get it to you, Rachel. But I think that'll be uh, to have that visual in there. And I'll make sure it's edible. You can see mine. Uh, but that's huge, huge for time management. I like what you said that you never have had a perfect, I haven't. kind of like the whole trying to balance everything. You're right. never going to be able to achieve perfect balance. You're never going to be able to achieve that perfect week, but striving for it yes. for that balance should always be something that you are looking for because that is going to still help you tremendously in the time management. And I think really it's important to be intentional. Yeah. Time that you do time block because in the past, and I can speak from personal experiences, I was a big multitasker. I thought I could get a lot done by doing a lot at once. And um, I just got very mediocre 
half-assed jobs done yeah. all at once pretty much. So I think in addition to time blocking, I think being intentional about the time that you're committing, like for example, if you time block when you're going to spend with your, your wife and your yep. daughter, if you're also doing emails and, you know, doing other right. things, it's, you're not being very intentional with your time and that's going to probably yeah. affect the quality of what you were really trying to do, which is spend time with your family. Your family's not going to probably respond very well. They're not going to feel like you were present. There's probably going to build up resentment and problems in that area. The same things. No if you're, you know, when you go into the gym every single day or you're doing your workout, if you're spending most of the time scrolling social media in between sets and you're, you're not being intentional with that time, that hour that you have, same thing's going to happen. You're probably going to get very half-assed results in the gym and you wonder why, uh, you know, why aren't I really losing the weight that I want? Why aren't I really getting those results that I want? Well, let's look back. Are you being very intentional with the time that you have? So I, I love the time block that you brought yeah. in facing it out like that. And you guys should definitely go check out um, Johnny's calendar as to how he does that. And I like that you do the whole week as well, yeah. you know, versus just the day to day time. But I also think being intentional with that, those times that you are committing to, which is something we all struggle with. Like I've said, I've struggled yeah. with a bit. I tend to think, you know, I can do a bunch of things at once. Um, I even do this when I listen to podcasts. I will try to work and listen to a podcast at the same time. I'm like, oh, right. right. You're like, you're like, what? What they just say? Yeah, and then and I'll I hear you. Find it like 20 times, and I'm like, I have no idea what they just said. Um, yeah. so just be very, very intentional with the time that you have. I read this book um, called The One Thing. Have you heard of it before? I have not. No. It was a New York Times bestseller. I forget the author. Um, I'll put it in the notes here, but it's about the one thing. And it's the one thing that you could do every single day that'll really move mm -hmm. the needle in your life. And it, it kind of talks about the comparison between multitasking and then just focusing on that one thing. And multitaskers tend to they speak about it as if, you know, almost like it's, um, you know, like, oh, I'm so good at multitasking. I'm great. But there's been a lot of studies that show that multitaskers are actually nowhere near as, as effective versus if you're going to tackle one task and do it right and then move on to the next task and move on to the next task. But um, one thing that always resonated with me quite a bit is that he gave this visual of um, a guy juggling balls. And he talks about these different balls being, one being your family, which is going to be a glass ball, actually. And then yeah. your work being a rubber ball. And then there's your health, which is also a glass ball. And then there's a bunch of different balls are the things you're trying to balance in your life and you're juggling them. And there are certain balls where if you drop them, they will become nicked. And if you keep dropping them, that they'll ultimately become shattered versus like work and some other areas in their life. It's like a rubber ball. Sure, you can drop it. For example, in COVID right now, you can drop that rubber ball and it can go down for a while, but it can come back up, you know, and you can pick that ball back up. And yeah. versus relationships versus your health, those are considered to be glass balls. Yeah. You can drop them a few times and maybe they're nicked, but if they ultimately break and shatter, they can't come back. You know, people with their health right now and how important it is, you know, if you lose your health, if you become diabetic or, you know, heart disease, whatever it may be, oftentimes those things can be irreversible. You can't get that health back. Same thing with your family and your relationships. You know, if you continue to neglect and neglect your family, 
And over time, you know, that resentment builds up, that can be shattered as well, too. So I think it's so, uh, it's so true. Yeah, that was just, that was one of my favorite visuals because it's just so true. You know, we're always trying to balance, but it's also what are the things that are most important as well? Yeah. So realizing that your work's very important and that's never not going to be important, you know, but your health, your relationships. And I think that's what we're really seeing here in COVID. Those two things right now are the most important things because when, when chaos breaks, when there's a pandemic, you know, we're all scared right now of those two things are losing our health or realizing that importance. And then the people we have in our life in our relationship. Yeah, mm, that's good. That's good. I, I um, there's a guy I follow out of Oregon. His name's Dale Partridge, and he, he this quote he shared years ago, and it just resonated with me. And and when I'm you know I'm pretty strict about my family time when that's on my calendar, not perfect here, um, but it, it and the quote goes like this: success at work without success at home isn't really success at all. And and for me, the way I unpack that, I, I'm so focused on my career on what I want to accomplish, on, you know, business, on where am I going to speak next. But if I destroy what's most important, it kind of reminds me of those glass balls, your health, your relationships, I didn't win. Yeah, That's a false um, premise. I I didn't win. And as I look back at my, you know, career in the NFL, um, I put all my, you know, eggs in the basket there and and it got destroyed. And so I I think that's so true that, health, relationships, things that are in this more of a delicate ball, those are truly what matter most. They really are. Yeah. yeah. And I think just seeing, you know, just knowing that as an ultra performer, because I can't tell you how often I, you, you know, we both have seen those multimillionaires, those high achieving, you look at all these celebrities out there too, that you, you look at them from the outside, like, oh my gosh, you, you have it all, all the money, the house, cars, you know, the, what seems to be that perfect relationship, but oftentimes they're so unhappy. Mm, I think that's so true to what they're neglecting, you know, whether that be their health or relationships, or even I think most importantly, their mind as well too, which is always a theme in all of these podcasts that I, that I do with, you know, the world's top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches. The thing that really sets people like you apart in those ultra performers is always the mindset. It has nothing to do with just, you know, yes, the achievements are great, but the way, the reason you are able to achieve all that you have and be able to speak on stages and write the books is because the mindset that you've had and you're able to have the, the family and is, which ultimately is what I consider to be success, you know, and success is not money. And oftentimes we think of it as that term, but success is actually, it's, it's very, um, it's a personal statement, you know, it's different to right. But to me, what I say success is, is when you feel fulfilled in your life. So when you look at those people who have all the money, they're still not fulfilled. They don't have that sense of fulfillment. So, you know, for you living your purpose, it's, it's who you are. It's being able to have your family and, you know, care for them. Like you said, nothing really else would matter if all of that would be gone. What would be the point of all of this? What are, what are you working for ultimately? So, you know, I think the people who are truly successful, even outside of being an ultra performer, you can be an ultra performer, but if you want success in your life as well, you really have to sit back and reevaluate 
as do what is really important to me. Yeah. And you know, I think that just sparks a, a good opening there in that because I've gotten this question before because I'll share that, you know, that, that quote and I'm like, okay, Johnny, I, I understand what you're saying, but um, so, are, you know, I almost feel like you're giving me an A, B option. Either I'm going to be successful in my career, you know, have a real successful career and neglect the family or, you know, I'm going to be all team family and my career is going to struggle to, to, to the listeners that maybe have that point of view or think those are the only two options. Let, let me challenge you here. Um, let's look at a third option. What if we had a strong, intentional, flowing family relationship and at the same time crushing it on your career? You know, what if we did both? Well, how do you do both? Protect your time. Be, be disciplined. You know, now, are there some hobbies that might have to fall off? Sure. But I truly believe you can do both because that's what we're doing in my family, right? We're being intentional with family time and, and, and you know, we're, we're pressing it on the, on the career side. Um, and so we're not in this either or category. We're going to do both yeah. and we're going to find a way. I love that. And I think that's often the mindset that most of us have is I either can be successful in my job or in career or I can have a family. And it's like, why can't you? have both why can't yeah. you have the family and the relationship that you want and you know have date night with your spouse or your girlfriend every single week and be just as intentional you are with that yeah. as you are with your work I can't tell you how many of these high achieving um, entrepreneurs and you know people I've met in my life you know they're they're successful but they've had four or five divorces after divorce right course. And it's really sad to see, but I say, why not? Why can't you perform the same way you perform with your work in the other areas of your life? You know, one thing I like to do, if I really want to know the character of somebody, Johnny, is I like to take them to the gym. You know, of course I'm a fitness freak, but how they show up, because I'm a true believer how you show up in one area of your life is how you Mm. should show up in the other areas of your life. And I know it's not always the case, but if you're capable of showing up in this and be all out with your work, you are more than capable of showing up like that for your family, for your relationships, um, for your health with the gym. So if I see someone in the gym and they're just kind of half-assing it, you know, they're just emotions. That just tells me completely the kind of person that you are. Now, I don't care how much weight the person is lifting. That's not what I'm really looking right. at. I if they're really pushing yeah. them and really That's good. their limits are. Because like I said, how you show up in one area of your life is truly how I believe you should. And you do show up in other areas of your life. So I really learned a lot about, about that person. That's and good. That's good. Why can't you have it all? Right. You are more than capable of creating the life that you ultimately want. I think you just have to prioritize the things that are important to you and you have to be very intentional about your time. Like we've right. talked about throughout this entire problem. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so the listeners here who I, th- I think, I think we're all on a, on a theme here. Okay. I want a thriving family relationship health side. I also want a thriving career. So, you know, I'm on board with option C. Let's do that. How do we do that? He, here's what I do. I purposefully seek out men and women who are two, three, four, five steps down the road I want to go. So I go and intentionally look for entrepreneurs, because I'm an entrepreneur, who love their spouse, 
who, who have kids that they've got a healthy relationship with, and I listen to them. So that's one side of the coin. The second side of the coin is because I come across the same people you do, Rachel, that we all see out there. They are crushing in their career, but it is chaos on the other side. When I come across their content, I'm not saying they don't have good content because they, they obviously do. They have success in an area here. Mm -hmm. But I have to proceed with caution because if I don't proceed with caution here, Rachel, what happens is I, I, I can bring some of that chaos that they have into my life. And that's what, not what I want. So I don't just um, blot them out, but I, I do proceed with caution of taking family advice from the career successful person whose family's a train wreck. Mm. While at the same time, I, I do proceed with caution when I get wonderful family advice from someone who's struggling in their career. I'm not saying I can't learn from both because you can but I'm intentional on what I'm consuming. And I truly, I mean, I'm like a, I'm like a heat seeking missile. I'm literally looking for the men and women who are doing both. And that's who I'm watching. I got my notebook and I'm reading all their books. I'm listening to podcasts because I want the fruit of all of that. See what I'm saying? I, yes, 100%. And I think that just is be cautious of who you seek advice. Yes. Advice from the people who are thriving in that area that you're seeking advice in. For example, um, like if you're wanting to get, if I want to learn how to become a better speaker, I'm going to get advice from someone who's done it and is doing it better than I am doing it. Not from someone because I've had people, I've had friends, I've had friends, not going to say names or family members who have given me lots of tips and you know, you need to do this and this and this when it comes to public speaking. And I'm like, have you, you don't have any credibility there. Yeah, you've got no credibility there. <laughs> ever in your life? No. no. Okay, okay. Right. I hear you. I the sentiment, but I'm going to take advice from someone who's been there, who's done that, who's better at it than me. And I think that goes to everything in life, you know. Yeah. When it comes to your health, um, you know, seek advice from someone who's an expert yeah. in that field, which is why, you know, go to a nutritionist. <laughs> like my right, son. right, right, right. Um, yeah in business, if you're wanting to start a new business venture or learn something new, look at someone who has done it before, who you can look to aspire to be like, who you can ask questions to, you know, because I think it, it's oftentimes we, we want to seek advice from our family, you know, and yeah. I think that's yeah. the hardest part, you know, it's easy to look at our parents and our family members and, look at their advice as accurate because it's someone who's so close to us, but often yeah. people that are closest to us that yeah. not saying that their advice isn't always sound, but they also can't oftentimes see, I think your potential as well, because oftentimes they're too close. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that there's three. So that is so true because you know, our family and friends are so close to us that it's almost kind of natural. They're like, what do you, you know, what do you think? Or you, it's almost kind of like our first voice. And so here, here are three diagnostics that I go through is, and, and I, I don't say this out loud, but I'm thinking this when someone's giving me advice is number one, um, do, can I trust this person? Is this person trustworthy? Number two is, do, do they truly care about me? And, and then number three, and here's the big one, do they actually know what they're talking about? And if they can answer all three of those, they're trustworthy, they care about me, and they actually know what they're talking about, then I'm going to let them speak into my life. If they only have two out of the three, Rachel, I don't listen. I'm polite, but it literally goes in one ear and out the other. 
right? I'm not going to be disrespectful or rude, but like for, let me, for example, for money, um, let's say you've got a family member who, um, you know, that you trust them and, and you know, they care about you. They're a family member. You've got a great relationship with them, but they've been horrible managing money their entire life. This is a perfect example of somebody having two out of the three. You do not want to take money advice from them. You're not being rude. You're not being arrogant. You're not going to disrespect them, but I want you to think about those three questions. And if the person cannot check off all three, can I just save you some time? Don't listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think right? Isn't that funny? We all can take that advice. Uh, there you go. <laughs> getting the relationship advice from the person who has been right. three or four divorces. Right. They're always the one who want to give the advice. You know, they, they willingly <laughs> give it out without you even asking for it, which I think is always is always the, <laughs> this little relining there. So yeah, uh, kind of coming close to the end of this podcast, um, you're doing an incredible amount of things with your, with your book you're writing, um, public speaking, and I know you just came out with a new course as well too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that for the listeners. Yeah, so I've been speaking for 14 years. The last six, I've been able to do it full time. And it is just quite the joy to, to get up there and, and share what's passionate. And I'm a true, even now more than ever, I'm a true believer when we get out of this COVID-19, um, we're going to need a plethora of what I'm calling hope dealers, where people can get out and deliver powerful, positive, encouraging messages because people are hurting, something that we haven't seen since 1918, since World War II, since the Great Depression. I mean, it's just crazy. And so um, I came out with a course, which the timing happened, you know, it actually happens to be kind of right in that to share everything that I've learned as a public speaker. And so I, I really rip off the hood from, um, I provide email templates, I've got a 100-page digital workbook, and we put together 33 video lessons for men and women who have the desire to uh, speak and get paid or even turn it into a full-time career, which I've been fortunate to do, and we put it all together in a course. And so it's called Paid to Speak, How to Build and Sustain a Profitable Speaking Business. And you can go check that out at uh, thetopspeaker.com. That's the topspeaker.com and I'll show you everything that comes with the course but literally everything that I do as a speaker and that I'm doing now I've put in this course and uh, I couldn't think of a better time Rachel that while we have some free time if you have the desire to be a public speaker to take care of the foundation the business side of it right now so that when you know we get out of this and we can get back to group gatherings you can hit the ground running because as a, as a speaker, Rachel, I'm kind of licking my chops. I can't wait to hit the pavement and, 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 and because people are going to need this and they're going to need it bad. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were just talking about is seeking advice from someone who's been there, done that. You've been a speaker for how many years now? 14, but the last six full time. Yeah. And I've personally gotten to hear Johnny speak. He was incredible. He was amazing. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. did a TED talk as well too. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. A lot of incredible stages. Um, and I think public speaking is one of the best skills you can have, whether it even be you want to have it as a profession, maybe you don't want to be a professional public speaker. Yeah. But for me, for someone like, I'll tell you, I've struggled with confidence. Uh, like I talked about earlier, I was an introvert. It's something I've struggled with, which I know blows everybody's mind considering I'm a fitness model and I do all this different <laughs> stuff, but I definitely have, but being able to speak in front of people 
I mean, the confidence I think you just build in yourself and to be able to utilize that beyond everything that I've learned in school, going to Baylor for nutrition and dietetics. I mean, the number one skill that I think that has been the most useful that'll move you places if you want to be a high achiever is being able to speak. I think Gosh, that there's so much truth there, Rachel, especially if you're an entrepreneur or business owner here listening in, which I think, you know, a lot of people might be is to have the ability to communicate. Um, and, and you're so true. Not everybody wants to be a full-time speaker. That's okay, cool. But you know, if you're looking to grow your business, which most people are, you have to be able to communicate. And if you can communicate clearly, um, that's what you need to do. And that's what you want to do. So yeah, good points there. And for those listening, if you're wondering, I am actually going to be doing Johnny's course. So I'm going to be yeah. at my house. I've been getting more into public speaking with my podcasts. I love it, but I'm a high achiever. So I want to cultivate that and I want to learn from the best. And I want to take it to that next level. I want to get on that TEDx stage just like you are. So I'm going to be going through the I love it. So I'll post the links here below if that's something you guys are interested in along with all of uh, Johnny's um, website links and the link to his calendar, his morning routine. We'll be putting all that down here below for you guys. So a lot of value here today, lots of free information. Definitely go check it out. So um, where can people find you on social media, Johnny? Because I know I follow you, but uh, I know people would love to kind of see the things that you're doing on a daily basis and how you're staying on top of your game. Yeah, absolutely. So all my social media handles are at Johnny Quinn USA. So at Johnny Quinn USA on every social media platform. And then my website, not surprising, johnnyquinnusa.com. And uh, Rachel, I, we'll give you that link to the show notes. But also for, for all the listeners, we're going to do a 10% uh, coupon code for the top speaker. If you want to get involved and uh, learn how to get paid to speak, then um, in the show notes, I'll, I'll give Rachel a 10% coupon code that, that you can use for uh, all the listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Johnny. It's been Absolutely. incredible having you on here today. I know I've got, I feel that fire kind of yeah. <laughs> I love doing these podcasts because it all, I think it also helps me. Have you ever like given advice and you feel like, like, okay, that advice. I, I got out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it as well too. So it's been incredible, a ton of value. So thank you so much for coming on the Sheer Madness podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, I hope you got a ton of value out of today's episode. Check out the links of Johnny's morning routine, his mind gym videos, also his weekly calendar, completely free. And if you want to learn more information about his course, Paid to Speak, and get 10% off, you can use my code RACHEL10. So check out those links. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, Leave me a review, share it with a friend. I always love to hear you guys' feedback. Thank you again so much. This has been Sheer Madness.